Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope of freedom to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind, or those searching for a better way to live life with joy and a sound mind. Rich and Susan Collenberg found their freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago in the series Healing by Design. They explore God's healing and restorative nature as our universe's designer and creator. Healing is now on the way on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. We would like to welcome you again to Freedom to Choose and our new series, Healing by Design. And we are in, uh, we're doing program number two today. And we're going to call, what are we going to call this? The Five Requirements for Life Part Two. We may get into a, because we only got to one of the requirements last time. Right. So we're going to call this Part Two and see how many requirements we get to. Of course, the five requirements for physical life are air, water, food, rest, and exercise. And as we uh, as we explore this uh, healing by design, we're going to see the parallels that God has ran for us uh, in the physical world, uh, running parallel with the spiritual world, and, and how these are all... Um, actual metaphorical applications to our spiritual life. Uh, they all co- correspond spiritually. Um, before we get going, Susan, would you open with a word of prayer? Yes. Loving Father in heaven, thank you once again for giving us an opportunity to discuss your great design and and how um, you desire to bring humanity back into harmony with um, your original plan for humanity and for this world. And uh, we've definitely gone astray, and we need that master designer to come into each one of our hearts in order to set us right. And we thank you for the opportunity and the priv- privilege that you provide to each and every human being to um, take par- to be partakers of that. And so we're grateful for that. We ask that you be with us and everybody listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So once again, we're on uh, the, the series Healing by Design, program number two, The Five Requirements for Life, part two. And remember, all of our um, programs are on our website, www.justasiamministries.com. Uh, all of our past programs, uh, the, the past 13 years of uh, episodes are all there, seven different series, so there's a lot of uh, really good information, addiction recovery information. Uh, we also give away free resources. We will mail you out. What are our books? Uh, could it be this simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? And, and Clean Seven Steps to Freedom. Clean Seven Steps to Freedom. Uh, these books have been used in the uh, California state prison system and approved as, uh, in other prisons. So if you have a prison ministry, this would be valuable. And uh, and not just prison ministries for groups as well. Yeah. You know, the, the problem is a human problem. It's, it's not, yes. uh, you know, sometimes we can try to distinguish ourselves 
if we're free or if we're locked up in prison, but the reality is, is we all suffer from selfishness and fear, and and God desires to remedy those attributes out of our hearts and minds. And so, <clears throat> you know, like Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. God's remedy is the same today as it was yesterday and will be in the future. Exactly. So once again, healing by design, we're going to refer to the term design law a lot in this program because the way things are designed is how they run to their optimum. God designed it that way. If we ignore those design laws, if you want, you're free to choose to ignore the law of gravity and step off the Empire State Building, but if you ignore that law, it's still going to apply to you. And that law doesn't care who you are if you ignore it. If you ignore the law of respiration, tie a plastic bag around your head, hoard your CO2, and not give away your CO2, you will die. So there's consequences of of going against these natural design laws that God created us for, and and it's the it's the act of sin or the act of selfishness that takes us out of harmony with those design laws. Exactly. And just as the Bible says, um, sin brings forth death. The gift of God is eternal life. So God is trying to reset our hearts and our minds to be in in right being with him and it, with his design, which he originally designed us to be, is loving others and God more than we love ourselves. And yeah. it isn't interesting because you can look at the world today and we can see that it's like so, um, it seems to be like we're on this precipice of going beyond the ability to, for God to bring back humanity that it's that we're getting to the place where selfishness and apathy and and complacency is 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 in us all as opposed to faith and courage and honesty and and spirituality and and so God desires to write each one of us so that we can all be um, uh, people of faith that go out and, and can carry that light to everybody else. Too. Yeah, yeah. Jesus didn't give us rules right. not to be mm-hmm. jealous and right. rules not to envy and rules not to commit adultery. They actually do damage to your brain and set you on a trajectory towards death. And Jesus says if you're born again, which we discussed in the last program, and you allow the Holy Spirit into your life and you begin a living according to his design principles, that's a trajectory towards life. And God has done the work in setting the human race trajectory back towards life. The question is, is do you want to join him? Do you want to join in on his healing by design that he has for your life? Because that... Oh, yeah, I saw you well, looking something yeah, up. So, and, and, <clears throat> so the thing is, is, you know, we can look in the scriptures, and in Philippians 4, 8, Paul gives us instructions as to what, what we're supposed to be dwelling on. We're supposed to dwell on the things that are good, lovely, uh, of good report. And the, and the reason why is because what we dwell on and what we allow to occupy our brains is what we will become. And that's why, so it's not a law. God isn't saying you better do this or else it's the, you have choices. You can, 
you can dwell on the things that are good, lovely, true, and of good report, or you can dwell on the evilness of this world or the evilness of other people. It's your choice, but there are consequences to those two different paths of thinking. One will take you to have a good, healthy brain. The other one will take you to have a diseased brain. It's not, it's it's like a candle and an, well, let's see, Is it, it's like a, um, uh, what sun does to a candle and what sun does to, what's the other A piece thing? of clay. Exactly. So the sun is the same, right? So God is saying, you all have these brains that I've created and I've created them for good, but you have the ch- individual choice to mold your brain. So you can mold it into a right, the correct brain, or you can mold it into an evil brain, but it's your choice. So God is saying, I've given you that ability and I come as the sun and I can either melt your heart or the sun is going to harden your heart. Yeah. And so, and I just wanted to relieve a little tension here as well, because this is not salvation by works. Jesus changed the trajectory of the human race. He did it all we, for us. He did that. Right. He changed the trajectory from death to life. Yes. Now, we have a choice if we want to get on that train or not. Right. But he took care he of changing the trajectory, changing the human brain from a selfish brain to an unselfish brain. There is now a human being sitting at the right hand of God, a human being that is perfect in every way with a developed perfect character, which Christ developed from a child to an adult. He changed the trajectory of the human race and brought life. We can't do anything to add to that. We can't claim, boast about it. Jesus did it all. Do you want to join him because you have the freedom to choose and let him into your heart and allow him to heal you and change you back into what he originally had designed for you and give your burden to him and he will bring peace not with the devil but you'll have peace with god and sometimes you won't even have peace with yourself because of the old nature think about paul in romans 7 the good that i want to do i don't do and that that i don't want to do that i do he's wrestling with the old nature because he got really good at being bad right i got really good at being bad you got really good at being bad Right. And so now God's going to take that brain. He's not going to he's not going to inject a new brain that's a blank slate. He takes that old brain with all those tendencies with all those all those hereditary and all those cultivated tendencies towards evil and he untangles it like a bird's nest because it has to be your choice or else he would destroy your individuality. If he was just going to flip a switch and wipe the slate clean and start over, he would do that with a new human being and let them make the choices so they would have their own individuality. God is not that kind of God. God does not want robots. He does not want robots. He wants love, and he will lay the evidence out by the way he designed this planet to operate. And on top of that, that's why our salvation and our track and our our um, road to being a child of God can be completely different than someone else's road to being a child of God. We can never um, put our circumstances or our requirements above God's doing whatever he's doing in an individual's life. Our job is is not about judging. It's not about um, saying someone's saved or not. Our job is to love 
one another so that that so that people can be desiring to allow the spirit of God into their lives. But our 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 paths are all different. We are not fruit inspectors. Right. We are not. Right. Because I'll tell you what, a fig that may look all beat up and ugly and dirty, I'm going to pop in my mouth because that looks really good to me. Right, and Susan I prefer firm ones. Susan won't eat it. No. And it's, there's it, a spiritual application to that as well. Right. Is, is that God is the fruit inspector, not us. And, and so we have to remember that. And, that, and that's part of a design law, because if, if we think that we are the, the people who make the choice and can look upon someone to see if they're saved or not, then we're putting ourselves in the place of God. Exactly. And if you put yourself in the place of God, then by design, you are, you are in an erroneous location, <laughs> and, yeah. and that can bring nothing but death. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So once again, we are on program number two, the five requirements for life, and we are on element number two, and that would be water. Remember the five requirements, air, water, food, rest, and exercise. And through this uh, opening uh, to our series, we're going to go through the parallels that exist between the physical world and the spiritual world. Now, our bodies are approximately 60% water, and water is essential for life, health, and functioning. Without water, physical life will cease. Exactly. Water refreshes, it washes away dirt, it cleans wound. It's essential for physiological life. It's essential for the basic cell functioning. To the Israelites, the ancient ancient nomadic people who lived in the arid land and through whom God provided the scriptures, water was understood to be life, and water came to symbolize him. Mm Mm-hmm. Jesus told the woman at the well, and, and this story always gets to me because, because, just because, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the movie The Chosen, but my word, when Jesus is at the well with the Samaritan woman, I just, every time I just get so choked up. Um, but he told the woman at the well, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I will give with give him, will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. John 4.10. In the book of Revelation, Jesus tells his faithful, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of life. That's Revelation 21.6. And the Apostle Paul wrote, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, Titus 3.5. Isn't it beautiful that God gives us the physical to run right along parallel with the spiritual? And and as as you listen to Jesus teach or the writings of Paul, the dots kind of connect. And we're able to speak a physical language with a spiritual application, and it's just... The way things are designed, if we really look at it, it's just so fascinating. And, and I think that goes back to, we were talking in the first program, how God has given us the free, freedom to choose. And so he's figured out the best, way, the best way to help us understand and to see things in the real light and to be able to make choices is to take our physical world and then give us those examples in the spiritual world. You mm-hmm. know, water, what does water do for us in our physically. life physically? And then the water that God gives us is also an attribute, an element that's necessary to understand all the the ways of God. The spiritual application, Absolutely. yeah. And the Holy Spirit is described as the spirit of both truth and love, 
John 14, 17, and Romans 5, 5, our minds are cleansed of the lies of Satan through truth brought by the Holy Spirit, and our hearts are cleansed from fear and selfishness by the love brought by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we talked earlier a little bit about Jesus procuring that remedy for the human race, and, you know, uh, I want to say... for the lack of a better term, stamping out selfishness in the human uh, mind. And the Holy Spirit actually applies that remedy that Jesus procured. And, and the metaphors of, the, of, the, of the, the breath, the spirit, and the water. So we've gone through uh, element number one, air, and element number two we're in, which is water. Uh, this is all, um, metaphorically speaking, how that remedy gets applied to our lives. Exactly. And just as we are to drink um, physical water every day, we are also to drink in the truth and love of God by the indwelling of the Spirit every day to maintain our health, vitality, and development. And just as in this world we become dirty and clean our bodies with a bath or a shower and we quickly become dirty again and need to bathe again, so also after having our hearts and minds washed by the Holy Spirit, this evil world of sin assaults us with a new falsehood or a new mistreatment or new accusations, exploitations, abuses, disappointments, loss, grief, temptations, all kinds of dirt that works its way into our thoughts and our feelings, and it needs to be cleansed out. Right, because everything in this world wants to drive us to selfishness and to self-seeking and self-preservation. Yes. But it's through the life-giving connection with the Holy Spirit that we daily wash our hearts and our minds in the truth of the love of God in order to prevent dirt from this world from darkening our hearts. Because it is easy to let that dirty stuff creep in, and it doesn't have to be pornography to be dirty. It's just... The stuff, just the minutia that's around us, uh, the chatter, the, the, the temptation of jealousy or envy or the temptation of uh, being prideful, the temptation of being angry at a certain cause or a certain group of people or uh, the, the temptation to be a know-it-all because or, if I was in this group, I would do this. Or it's a temptation to do nothing, a temptation to zone out on social media or in front of the television or to do things that are just pleasurable as opposed to being responsible and, and um, you know, focusing on those things like Paul tells us in Philippians. Yeah. So, There's so much to draw us away from the heart of God to be a part of the world. And so it's that battle that we're in daily. The battle is 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 outside of us, but the battle is mostly in our minds and our hearts. Yeah. You know, that's where the battle with God needs to be won. Yeah. The, not the battle with God, the battle with selfishness. And God is coming to rescue us and giving us a remedy. Yeah. They Paul described it as perils perilous times. Right. Perilous times. Mm-hmm. People will be lovers of self. Right. Um, and you know, that's an interesting thing, too, as well, about about selfishness, is because when we are selfish, we dwell on self. And remember, you, you by beholding, you become changed. Right. It, it's, that's why sin leads to death, is because when we de- dwell on self, our tendency is to dwell on self more. Right. Because that's what we're beholding. Right. And it is a hard nut to crack. It's hard to get out of that cycle, that poor me cycle, or... 
I will do this because it will benefit me and, and I'm not looking around to see if it's going to harm anything, anybody else. And, and life is a struggle. You know, there's, there's things genetically that we battle. There's um, elements in the world that we battle. There's poverty, poverty, there's riches, there's all different, all different things that are coming at our senses and at our minds to draw us away from the love of God. And um, it's very easy to be to fall away, and um, you know that's why we're to gather together with God's people, those who believe in God, not necessarily to go to church or anything like that, but to encourage one another every day, because that's that's also a part of the remedy is to be able to be an encourager when someone's down, or if you're down, to have somebody come into your life and to be you know, part of God's plan to for healing of a heart that could be depressed or whatever it may be. Yeah, and, you know, and we have to remember, I know I see one of the biggest temptations is to claim to know what somebody should do. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I heard someone once say, I, it was just a couple of days ago, but I thought it was very profound. If you're advising somebody without 100% of the facts— all you are is someone with another opinion, or that, it, and it's very t- tempting. We see it on social media, and all these different opinions. That's all they are is opinions. But a lot of times, too, we will advise people without being bought into their life, without being a part of who they are and a part of their life, and and so then we're just making judgments. Exactly, you know, it's not a, and that's it, a huge temptation nowadays. Right. We're all a bunch of know-it-alls because. We can Google something, or we can this, or we can that. And I think, you know, pride comes into play right now, especially towards, you know, towards the end of time where things are, selfishness is running rampant, and we we are losing the ability to reason from cause to effect more and more each day. Uh, the choices that we make are affecting other people around us uh, because they're selfish, they're impacting other people in, in, in detrimental ways, and we don't even see it, right. or we don't care. We're complacent about it, right? you know, and it's just, da- it's just dangerous. And, and all it is is proof that, a, that, that a, a universe cannot be run based on selfishness. It has to be run based on love, and that God has knit this universe together, a, a, a web of beings— that are to be knit together by cords of love. Mm-hmm. And that's how he's got it to run. And if we want to live out of harmony with that, that's fine, but that would be a trajectory towards death, and God will, in the end, give us up to our own decisions mm-hmm. and let us go. Right. Uh, cast into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing and teeth. Uh, it's just... It, I don't think we can comprehend right. being totally severed from God. Right. It, it's unthinkable. So it's interesting. My brother passed recently, and, and Rich did the celebration of life, and you talked about the thread. And now that, that my brother's gone, there's uh, that thread's been removed. In the fabric. From, in the fabric, right? So that thread has been taken out, and there's a spot that can, will never be filled. The fabric will never be the same. Right, because he was— a part of that fabric. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it, you know, when when God makes the world new again, and I do believe that time is coming soon, then everything will be set back to the God's original plan. 
And I think that the fabric is going to be brighter and more beautiful brighter, than we ever beautiful could have. fabric. Yeah. All all individuals, each thread, an individual held together by cords of love. And right now, it, yeah, the fabrics are getting torn and ripped out, and it's tattered. Right. And it's not how God designed it. Right. But God is saying, I, you know what? Trust me. Right. There's a new Tr- and living way. There's a way. new living way. Right. Trust me, and we will build this fabric of humanity Again, Jesus has destroyed the infection of fear and selfishness in humanity. Let the Holy Spirit apply that remedy to your life. Let him do it. He will do it. All we have to do is trust him and trust him that truth and love will prevail, and truth and love will hold this universe together forever. It's the only way it works. It cannot be held together with selfishness. If we choose that, we choose a trajectory and we choose towards life. death. So choose death or choose life. Right. Got to go. Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for listening to Healing by Design on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison?, Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.